The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. How's it going on a Tuesday? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson, talking about what's going on in sports on this day, 2nd of July, and trying to update you on a couple of different things. We got Women's World Cup. The game has gone final. We'll discuss what happened today over in France. Do they advance? Do they stay home? Though, eh, you were just listening. I was going to say, they just said You know they're already won. They're advancing. Uh, also, today we get into the player of the week. We'll uh, identify a player who really stood out to us on their field of play and a stat that blew our minds. Also, we want to get into a really interesting invitation being extended to a great Aggie player and a really special opportunity. So we'll get into to this uh, invitation that's been extended to Sam Merrill for the Utah State men's basketball team. We'll get into that uh, as well. But uh, one of the bigger things, too, keeping an eye on is that... Uh, the NBA free agency continues. No real big news today in that uh, there's no big signings that have taken place. Well, when we meet, say, big signings, one. Yeah, rather there's only one person everybody else is waiting yeah. for. Anything else between now and the end of the free agency period is th- those are just crumbs that are just little pieces fitting in to fill gaps. But uh, there's one big cog that's missing, and that is what Kawhi Leonard decides to do. And so, it's for me, this is reminding me a lot of what Utah Jazz fans went through a few years ago. If you're Toronto, and you're sitting there waiting for Kawhi Leonard to make his decision, and then you're seeing all these other great free agents go places, and if he ends up leaving you still, so frustrating, so disheartening. Um, I feel bad for the Toronto fans that are waiting to to find out what Kawhi Leonard decides to do. That's the thing is though they they had to expect this. It wasn't like Kawhi went out there and um. You're right over there. God, dude. Get yourself all tangled up. Yeah, no, uh, these earphones are shocking me, actually. Uh, we'll pull the plug on that. Uh, so here's the thing, Eric, is is Kawhi didn't come out and, and give the promise of, like, he didn't do a Kyrie Irving. Hey, I'm resigning next year. Can't wait to do it again, you know? He never said that. He simply came over, signed a contract, came and played for Toronto, won a championship. He never promised anything to Toronto uh, of the future. So if he goes, Toronto has nothing to be mad about. They absolutely cannot be angry about anything. If he goes, he never promised anything. And by the way, he got you a championship. And that's a fair point. I mean, there's a big difference between what Toronto's going through and what the Jazz went through. For the Jazz, this was a player that developed in their system that grew, grew into an all-star that was the face of the franchise and had been you know, for several seasons and they could see the trajectory he was on. And so emotionally, a lot of people were invested in him. And he turned around and turned his back on the Jazz. 
uh, Kawhi Leonard. They knew they only had him for officially one year, one season. They knew they only had him under contract for one season. Yeah, and and so for them, it's like, hey, this, you did a great thing for us. It'd be awesome if you stayed. But it's not like they're emotionally invested in no, Kawhi Leonard and what he's done. Not at all. Team. They're grateful for what he's done, but they understand the situation. And they knew, they knew that after the season was over, the calling card would come from Clippers, from Lakers, from, man, maybe even the Warriors. Who knows? But they knew it would be coming. And you have to accept that. Um, I'll tell you this, though. Nobody's getting any information from Kawhi or his little group at all, whatsoever. Nobody's getting that information. Kawhi has kept it so tight-lipped that, I mean, anybody who's saying they, they think he's going here is flat-out in the dark guessing. And I think that's the case here. Uh, there is kind of an interesting story that uh, has just come within the last 10 minutes or so. Willie Colley-Stein, he's going to sign with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he'd been with the, the Sacramento Kings for his first four seasons. He's a seven-footer that uh, is mobile and uh, can, can score and can the, put the ball on the ground a little bit. Um, so uh, I think it's interesting some of the moves that the Warriors are, are making mm-hmm. in light of what's happened to their team. And a lot of people have been writing off the the Warriors. They're not going to be a playoff team. The dynasty is over. But they're making some interesting moves to still be a, a decent team. They still have a great general manager, and they still have a great head coach. Yeah. They'll still be a very dangerous team. They'll in the be Western fine. They, yeah. will, they will be a playoff team. They won't be the top. Uh, I don't know if they'll be a home court playoff team. Yes, they will. In the Eastern Conference, as of as of the way it is now, they will be. I'm the Western Conference. Wait, are you talking the Warriors? Oh, they'll be a home. Yeah, they'll be a home. You think they'll be a home court team? They're they're still a top five team, man. They need to be a top four team to be a home court. Okay, give me your top four teams right now. Um, so I would put the Lakers in the top four. I'd put the Jazz in the top four. Understandable and agreed. Uh, I think it's Denver has not made major changes, and they were a really good team last year, so nothing indicates that they'd be any worse than what they did. So I have to put them as a top-four team. And Houston's kind of in a similar boat. Uh, okay. So I would so, be debating Houston versus Golden State. That 4-5 or five matchup could be Houston-Golden State. Okay, so I'll get, also Lakers, Jazz. Portland's on that fringe, Yes. Too. Golden State and Portland. Those are your top four teams. Houston, who the heck knows what's going to happen with Houston anymore? Um, I still think they're a quality basketball team, but I'm not sure. As long as they have James Harden in a uniform, uh, they're going to be a dangerous <laughs> that's, team. That's a good point. But with the way this whole like relationship of, uh, of uh, Chris Paul and James Harden is going, Mike, Mike D'Antoni, um, you know, it's... I don't know. There's just too much going on that you would that would make you think otherwise. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think the Golden State Warriors still. T- and look, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson would. I don't know. He'll be out for some of next year. Most of next year, he'll probably join the team around the trade deadline. So February. Yeah. 
Oh, there's yeah, they're still a top four team. They'll be fine. Right, if everything goes well in his recovery. Yes. He, he'll join the team in time for the playoff push. What do you What do you say in regards of I mean Kawhi Leonard stays in the East, right? Goes to Toronto. Give me your top four Eastern Conference teams. My top four Eastern Conference teams? Assuming that Kawhi stays in Toronto. If Kawhi Leonard stays in Toronto, I've got to put Toronto number one or two. Milwaukee Bucks would be the other one or two. I think Boston has made some interesting moves. And Philadelphia. Those are my top four. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I go Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston. No, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, and Boston. By the way, that Boston-Philadelphia rivalry, because uh, didn't Horford go to Philadelphia? Yes. That thing is getting very delicious. Yes. That rivalry is going to be fun to watch next year because they already hate each other enough. This is, I mean, this is going to be fun. Um, Philly's going to be one of those wild card teams because they got uh, uh, Jimmy Butler is gone. Yeah. But I think that that gives more touches and opportunity to uh, Tobias Harris. Uh, they lost J.J. Redick, but um, that's going to be a really interesting team. If those moves hurt them or if they end up helping some of the other players do better. I would, I would understand where you're coming from, but with Embiid and Horford on the court at the same time, that is a nasty defensive duo. Um, and, and, I just, and a good offensive combination, too, in the paint. Yeah, yeah, in the paint. I mean, you still have one of the worst shooters in NBA history in Ben Simmons. But the, see, there's the other thing. You got three guys that are going to play in the paint. That ex- They excel at getting their points yeah. in the paint. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who else? Let's see. Embiid, they lost Jimmy Butler, right? Right. So then who? So J.J. Redick, is he? No, he's gone, He's right? gone. He's gone to the uh, the uh, Pelicans. Oh, they might be in a world of hurt. Jeez, they did lose a lot, didn't they? I mean, look, Jimmy Butler is a moody maniac, but he was so darn helpful for that team, Eric. He really was. He was so Oh, you productive. know who we didn't say? It should be a top four team? It could, well... I don't know. It'll be debatable. It'll be interesting to see how it comes together. But Brooklyn could be... I don't know if they'll be a top four team. They'll be knocking on the door for a top four team. Because they won't have Kevin Durant, but they still have Kyrie Irving and yeah. a good young core yeah. that made it into the playoffs last year. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, really, no, I'm going to flip-flop you back to the other side. And another team that we didn't mention, New Orleans is scary. I mean, Derek Favors actually makes that team better. With the addition of Zion Williamson, uh, this and J. Rue Holiday, this team's still really good. I, I like some of the moves that New Orleans has done. Uh, I talked about them yesterday. I think they were one of the quiet winners of the uh, some of the moves they've made here in the offseason. I just don't think they are a top eight team in the West right now. Uh, I think they're positioning themselves to be a, a dangerous team. And to be a pretty good team, but I'd have to look at who who was in the playoffs last year that won't be this next year. Because you have to think the Lakers are going to be in there. Okay, wait. So, so who do the Lakers replace? San Antonio. 
And then who would New Orleans replace if they made it? The Clippers? Yeah, the Clippers, Clippers are going to be a good team. Clippers did make it, didn't they? Oh, man. You know what? I think Clippers and New Orleans are fighting for that eight spot. But if I had to go push to shove, I'd probably give New Orleans the, the upper hand. Look, Zion Williamson is a freak. You know that. You've seen him play. You know, with J. Ru Holly, they got young core, young talent, and a veteran leadership in Derek Favors, who's been to the playoffs and who's led his team with important roles. I like New Orleans and and Clippers. A great veteran shooter, J. D. Redick, and without the addition of Kawhi Leonard, Clippers are good. But weren't they eighth place last year? So they really didn't really budge anywhere in regards of upgrading their talent. They just kind of stand still, but New Orleans got better. I like New Orleans over the Clippers to get the eighth spot. San Antonio, same thing. Really didn't have haven't done a whole lot. I know Greg Popovich is one of the greatest basketball coaches in NBA history, but um, who did we have replacing them? L.A. Right? I, I think the Lakers take absolutely take out San Antonio. Yeah, or maybe San Antonio takes out the Clippers and New Orleans gets in there. But you know, you can never count Greg Popovich out ever oh my goodness no no um hey so I, I don't know maybe I asked you know I actually asked that never mind I was gonna ask you a dumb question but I don't want to ask you anymore <laughs> uh, AJ my my high school teachers always t- taught me there are no dumb questions yeah until you get on the air on the radio with Eric France and then he <laughs> just pretty much crucifies you for it <laughs> the world are you asking me you know who I am <laughs> Hey, so with this NBA free agency, were you, was it a letdown to you based on everything that happened? Because we talked about how great it would be, how chaotic it would be, how, you know, it was supposed to be one of the most, you know, what would you call it? Agonizing free agencies for a lot of teams since 2010 when LeBron went to Miami. Did it live up so far to where we're at? Uh, Without I think, the knowledge of Kawhi. I think having that being strung out has helped. I think yeah. it has been interesting. I think there was so much that happened in the first 24 hours of free agency mm. that it was it was crazy to try to keep up with it. But uh, at the same time, I was kind of wishing that they could string this out to stretch out the drama and the intrigue. Yeah. But it seemed like every couple of minutes or every... Uh, they'd come in waves. You'd have this big wave of all these announcements. Whoa, that guy's going there. And holy cow, I didn't see that coming. Didn't see that guy going there. And, yeah, Jimmy Butler going to Miami was a stunner to me. Well, and D'Angelo Russell going to the Warriors. That was never yeah. talked about as even a, 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 any hint of a proposal that anybody heard about for that. So there were things that, that uh, the first 24 hours just seemed like, oh my gosh. Uh, there were some people speculating that the uh, NBA offseason would be more interesting than the NBA postseason. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't believe that. But there was a lot of hype and anticipation and excitement yeah. leading up to what's going on right now. And still, there's Kawhi Leonard's decision that remains, and it really is the only last interesting piece that's out there. Everything else is going to be just small pieces here and there. Um. No, I'm with you, and and the whole, and I agree with you the, to the whole fact of, you know, the postseason was pretty darn good, from Kawhi Leonard hitting a six bouncer into the rim to defeat the Philadelphia 76ers to go to the NBA Finals, um, to, 
you know, the storylines of Kevin Durant being injured, coming back, re-injuring, Klay Thompson getting injured, all the bad luck, yet the Warriors were keeping themselves in it every single game. And uh, to Toronto winning their first championship in franchise history, it, it was all really great stuff. And, you know, we can go back, you know, to that time. And I remember sitting there telling you how, how boring it would be if it was Toronto and Golden State, how nobody would want to see it because it'd be just a four games in, four games out. You should have been there in the first place kind of thing. And, uh, man, Toronto went out there and, and did what everyone thought they couldn't do. That was, that was impressive stuff. So, yeah, I'll take postseason over the offseason. That offseason was pretty fun. Yeah, I enjoyed the offseason. I, I enjoyed the postseason. Um, I enjoyed the, the storylines and some of the upsets, some of the break, the, the great dramatic shots, um, and to, to see what Toronto was able to do, to see how a whole country got behind a team and behind a singular player that was, it was amazing to watch. Mm. But there's certainly been a lot of drama since that the ball stopped dribbling and the, the clocks went to zero. And we've been seeing what was going to happen with the draft and then what's been happening with trades, all in, t- in anticipation and lead-up to free agency, which just was a flurry of activity Sunday night. And then there were some more things happening on uh, Monday morning. Mm. And really, it's been everything's kind of in a holding pattern. So if you're, if you're the Lakers or if you're Toronto and you miss out, or the Clippers, we'll not count them out, but you'd been holding out hope for... Uh, for Kawhi Leonard, and you don't get him. How upset are you that you missed out on some of the other free agents that were out there? You're bummed out. Or do you think that those teams have done enough to still be okay, regardless of his decision? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's a, uh, that's a question in a, in a hard spot. Um, okay, so we'll take your first part of the question. Um, I don't think you can be that upset because I mean, as we talked about, you you probably could have still gone after a couple of guys and tried to make something of it. You know, Kawhi's going to keep it shut and he's not going to let you know what's going on. But I mean, it, it, you know, Tony Jones of the Athletic tweeted out something interesting when someone was like, "Hey, Kawhi, we'd like to know really soon what you're up to, just so we." You know, we can get this thing on is that our team can actually make decisions. And Tony had quoted the tweet and said, no, you're wrong. These are life-changing decisions, and he should take as much time as he needs to make that decision, especially when he hasn't promised anything to anybody. And I agree with that. He didn't say, I mean, look, Kyrie messed up big time, running his mouth before the season started. I'm going to resign. I'm going to be back. We're going to make something of this. I want to create a legacy in Boston. Yada, 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 yada. Well, guess what? Kyrie Irving by February was like, I'm out. I hate this place. I hate the media. I don't want a camera in my face. I am doing a movie, but I hate the camera anyways. Um, I hate you people. I hate the media. Um, the earth is flat, and that's all I have to say to you. <laughs> so, and but, but Kawhi was so just, you know what? It's this season. It's this season. It's this season. It's this season. Hey, you guys, uh, you know, you got blown out in this in game two. What do you do for game three? We're going to Toronto to play game three. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was flat out so focused on that season. And he won them a championship, which is all that franchise could ever ask for. If they lose him, they lost him. But you know what? If I were a guessing man, and again, this is pure 
in the dark speculation, nothing more. That if Kawhi, um, that Kawhi's decision would come down to two teams, one of those teams is Toronto. That it's not between the Clippers and Lakers. It's between Toronto and the Clippers or Lakers, whichever two he's actually thinking about. See, I think when I look at those three teams, what have they done to position themselves if Kawhi Leonard doesn't sign with them? Good Clip, point. The Clippers, the Lakers, and the Raptors. I think that the Clippers have done some trades to fill out their roster, position themselves to be a team that would make it very inviting for Kawhi to be there. I mean, sure, all three of those teams want to make it inviting for him to be there. Um, the Lakers, they got Anthony Davis. Um, they're going to get some other quality veterans to help fill out their roster. Though depth is a real concern with them with how much money they're committed to already. And certainly with Toronto, he proved that he could do it there. He's very familiar with their, their franchise, and they are ready to go at it again one more year with him. Yeah. But if they lose him, uh, I, I think Toronto has the most to lose. So I think they'll be a decent team in the East because the East, yeah, to some degree got a little bit better, but they'll still be a playoff team. They won't be the top team, but they'll be a playoff team. They'll be a good team, but without Kawhi Leonard, they're not going to be one of the top teams in the East or one of the top teams in the NBA. No, I, I would agree with that. I, and just, I think the Lakers are, could be the, one of the top teams in the West with or without him. Um, Clippers are going to be on the fringe of being on the playoffs. If they get Kawhi, then you have to put them in conversation as one of the top teams in the West. So I just got a tweet asking this question, and I'll, and I'll ask it towards you, Eric. What's different of the way Kawhi's handling this versus the way Gordon Hayward handled the situation? Because we remember Gordon pretty much played puppets with the Jazz by saying, you know, uh, uh, a thing comes out, you know, Gordon's leaving to Boston. And all of a sudden, Gordon's like, wait, no, I'm not. I didn't say that. I didn't announce that. You don't know what I'm doing. He's still writing his Players' Tribune because he's writing his love letter to Brad Stevens still. And even the agent came out instead of just saying, "I apologize that the way this came out. It was not supposed to come out this way. Um, someone leaked it. I'm not happy. I am finishing a letter. Well, no, I am going to Boston, but I have a letter that I'm about to finish. I will post that out. If he says it like that, we're looking at a whole different situation. It, that was such a yo-yo a few oh. years ago on the 4th of July. Oh, man, it was bad. I was in... Sources say it's going to happen. And then everybody's quoting that same tweet and, oh, this is going to happen. There's somebody inside his camp says it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden you see stuff like his agent saying, hold your horses, there's nothing official yet. We haven't made a decision. And so then it's like, oh, man, false alarm, false alarm. And everybody's going after the reporter for leaking something or trying to make a name for himself. And then... <laughs> A short while later, no, yeah, in fact, I am. I am going to go. I'm going to go to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, and, and again, it's that letter, man. And I remember being in the room when Spence interviewed Gordon Hayward's agent, Spence Checkets, and he grilled him. I mean, he put him through hellfire and brimstone in the way he asked his questions, and he wouldn't let him off the hook. And, and, and when, and when uh, his agent... I can't remember his name for the life of me anymore, thank goodness. But when his agent said, well, you know, he's finishing up his letter. And then Spence says, the hell with the letter. It's a love letter to your, 
your you know former college coach and soon to be NBA coach, you know, and he and just let him have it. And the agent had nothing left but to say we apologize for the way we handled it. I mean, he was so caught dead-handed that so, he realized he made a mistake. It's, does stretching something out like this, does it seem to indicate more and more that the that player is going to go somewhere else? You know, that's such a good question, dude, because you don't know with Kawhi, right? <laughs> that's I mean, true. I mean, really, with anybody else, you might make a guess. I would hate to play a game of poker with, with the Kawhi. Enigma of, I would hate to no. play poker with Kawhi. I'd lose every time. Because nothing changes. We all make fun of Bill Belichick's non-emotional. Every face looks like the same whether he's happy, sad, mad, angry, laughing. The same thing is with Kawhi. He doesn't change expressions. And so we'd have no idea what if it, that, oh, well, hey, he's staying which because he's waited so long. You don't know that. You have no idea. And the fact that he's, and you know what's even more impressive, Eric, is that he's made his camp keep their mouth quiet. I mean, because... I'll tell you, and in fact, I'll talk to you off air about this because I don't want to say it on air. When Gordon Hayward's leak came out, Gordon was livid, and he was livid out of out, because of a specific person taking a leverage bait from an offer that that individual shouldn't have took, and it got out that way. Kawhi Leonard has been so good about making sure that this discussion that these decisions and even Toronto's admitted they said look we are to keep tight-lipped about the situation we're not going to give out any information we're going to let Kawhi do that himself when he's ready for a team to say that is incredible to me is amazing I mean it's man what he's doing is pretty impressive no well, burner accounts no nothing it, he, well his camp has been pretty good about keeping oh, yes. their opinions of themselves and keeping things quiet yes uh, because of how things were when he was in San Antonio um and so he he's got a pretty pretty tight-lipped uh, organization there that surrounds him uh hey I just want to pass this along uh Derek Favors has just issued a statement on social media uh, he says it's been an amazing eight and a half years in Utah thank you to the Utah Jazz organization coaching staff, and my teammates for everything. I'm going to cherish all the great experiences over the years as it helped me, the, helped make me the player I am. Thank you to the Jazz fans for all the love over the years. Your loyalty and passion for the game will stay with me forever! Three exclamation points. Thank you, hashtag Jazz Nation. Three exclamation points. So I'm excited to start a new chapter in my career as a New Orleans Pelican. Cannot wait to get to work and help lead our young core realize their full potential. Dude, they're... I'm telling you, that New Orleans team's going to be darn good. They, they're going to be, and I'm excited to see what Derek Favors and Zion Williamson can do on the court together. I mean, that team is just, they've got a lot of talent. And again, they've got good veteran leadership experience from a guy like Derek Favors. You know, I, it's crazy to think that we got Derek Favors via a trade from Darren Williams. That still amazes me to this very day that, you know, Derek, you know Darren Williams' situation is he had ran his course, overstayed his welcome, if you will, both emotionally and with his attitude, in so much that we got Derek Favors out of that. And for eight years, he has been nothing but graceful and polite, and he's taken a lot of heat, a lot of criticism, and a lot of grief. Some of it is is worthy of that. But for the most part, he's handled it so well, and um, I'm so grateful. It, it's great to see Dennis Lindsay once again. We all remember the Joe Johnson um, situation where he was like, you know, I want to go play for a contending team. And so Dennis Lindsay made sure that that would happen for Joe Johnson. Same thing here. You know what, Derek? We're going to give you three teams to choose from. You tell us what teams interest you the most. New Orleans was one of those teams. It's a great fit for him. 
Um, and it's a great job by Dennis Lindsay in making sure that happens. Yeah. So sad to see him go. Sad to see Jay Crowder go. Sad to see Kyle Korver go. Yeah, Korver. Those, those guys were fan favorites. Sure, absolutely. Uh, they didn't stir things up. They represented the team well on and off the court. Uh, and uh, enjoy watching them in a jazz uniform. But it's it's a new stage, right? It's a new stage and a new phase for the Utah Jazz organization. And time to put our arms around the new guys and the guys that are that are still here and uh, see what they can do in the 2019-2020 season. All right, with that said, we're going to take a step aside. When we come back, a stat that blew our mind and a player of the week. We'll also update you on the FIFA Women's World Cup and uh, Team USA. You'll never believe who won. <laughs> getting it done earlier today. Uh, and, uh, so we'll explain what that means, what's left for them to do, and who they did it without today. We'll talk about it coming up next on the Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. You can also interact with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1069thefan. And podcasts. We podcast every show and make it available on various different platforms, on Spotify, iTunes, many others. So uh, if, if you missed anything, especially if you missed yesterday's show with Dan Clayton, man, go find it. Great, great insight. He's, he's so good, isn't he? Salt City Hoops, great uh, uh, research information, understanding what's uh, going on in the NBA landscape, and uh, a great uh, a great resource. He's a friend of the program, and we had him on yesterday. Definitely worth going back and, and listening to uh, again. Uh, let's get into this, Ajay. It's time for our, on Tuesdays, we do our player of the week and a stat that blew my mind. Okay. And since we were talking about NBA free agency last segment, I'm going to go with my stat first, if you're okay with that. By all means, please. The stat that blew my mind is in the first 24 hours of NBA free agency, there was over two billion dollars in money that was written out in contracts in 40 plus deals to NBA players. Wait, how much did you say? Over 2 billion dollars <laughs> in more than 40 different deals <laughs> to NBA players in the first 24 oh, hours. Oh, that's which geez. is incredible because it's been, it's, allegedly that's when the window is officially open to start talking to NBA free agents. It's it's a farce. We all know it is. And those who try to play by the rules, like Kawhi Leonard did, is apparently doing, uh, makes things really interesting for those who, who don't, apparently. But anyway, that's the stat that blew my mind, is Good how night. much money committed to 40, in 40 different deals to NBA players. So the stat that blew my mind, actually, it kind of cultivated in today's loss through England uh, to the U.S. team in the semifinal, the World Cup. Um, England is the first team in Women's World Cup history to miss every penalty kick that they had in the World Cup. They have been cursed on penalty kicks. They missed three, including today. 
And the one today wasn't even close. Like, it was a dribbler. And I don't know if she just, like, lost her footing or what to the uh, left side of the bottom corner post. But she, I mean, it was, I mean, you, she could have walked to stop that one. And, it, I mean, and if she hits it, obviously, we're tied. It's a new ball game. And who knows what happens after that. But three penalty kicks in the World Cup. They're lucky to even see the semifinal. I, uh, I feel bad for England. I mean, they've been given gift wrapped. Dude, they so, got hosed so today. many different opportunities. They got hosed today. I'll tell you that right well, now. Well, there was later. a goal that got that they thought they scored, and everybody was sort of going back. And that video assist uh, replay took another look and took away a goal for England. <laughs> so it would have been a tie game two two at that point, but the the VAR overturned it and. Team USA advances, England doesn't. Wow. Since we're talking Women's World Cup, this gets to my player of the week. Okay. So I I look at, and she didn't play today, but what she did last week was just excellent uh, athleticism on the field, great leadership, and the way she was able to handle some of those penalty kicks herself. I had to look at Megan Rep. Uh, Rapino for what she was able to do for Team USA, um, and she's been spectacular. She didn't play today; a bit of a hamstring injury. She says she's going to be good to go for the final. But what Rapino has done for Team USA uh, the last week, last week and a half, uh, I have to give her for what she's done on the field. Maybe not so much some of the comments she's made off the field. Oh man! But yeah. what she's done on the field cannot be ignored. No, and, and the thing is, is that she's incredibly talented. Um, I just wish in some way, and I think we you and I have talked about this before, just go out and play base, or not baseball, just, well, just go out and go, you know, compete in the game. Don't try to, you know, draw attention, especially when you represent your country. Don't try to draw attention to yourself because it's not about you. You know, it, it's about the team, and... And this is an incredible run that they're making. It really is. It's something special when you beat France in their own backyard. The way their defense has been so stout. Oh. And and yet the you goalkeepers know, have been fantastic. By the way, what did you think about? I don't know if did you hear about the cheer that or the uh, celebration of uh, of uh, Alex Morgan today. So uh, she so no? so she scores a goal and it ends up being the game winner. This is in the first half. And she runs to the side and then she pretends like she's drinking a cup of tea. I got to be honest, it looked like she was smoking instead. But anyways, <laughs> England, you know, in the post game, they're obviously upset about it and you can't really blame them. Um, but uh they're obviously livid and um I don't know. I just I just wish that they would just just play. That's all I really wish. So the U.S. Women's National Team, they won today. They beat England 2-1. to one. And Then they wait to find out who they play for the, the final. Uh, they wait for tomorrow. It's going to be uh, between the Netherlands and Sweden. Mm. And uh, U.S. women were eliminated in the 2016 Olympics by Sweden. So there's uh, there's there's a history there between those two teams. Uh, my player of the week uh, actually goes to the Vanderbilt Commodores pitching staff from last week's Game Three clinching World Series win over the Michigan Wolverines. They had to win two games in a row just to beat Michigan after Michigan won Game One, and Michigan's offense was just absolutely cruising. 
until game uh, until game three. And in game three, they were shut down uh, between two pitchers, Hickman and uh, James Etter. Nine innings pitched, six hits, two runs, two walks, 14 strikeouts. The 14 strikeouts from Michigan were the most all season long that they'd had. Whoa. They just couldn't. I mean, you had Rocker in game two, who was phenomenal. Again, the freshman was standout. And then Hickman comes in and throws a beauty. In fact, by the way, Hickman on the season, 9 and 0. Wow. Didn't lose one game. In fact, he never allowed three or more earned runs, and he never allowed six or more hits in a game. I mean, he was phenomenal, but in 14 strikeouts between the two pitchers versus a Michigan team that was averaging no more than six, no, excuse me, than eight strikeouts a game, if that. And then Rocker came in in game two, shut him down. Vanderbilt comes in with Hickman, 9-0, and shuts him down. Edder, same thing. The Vanderbilt Commodores pitching staff got them the last two wins and just phenomenal, absolutely awesome stuff. Even though they almost gave it away. Oh, well, they, they probably <laughs> should have gave it away, to be quite Well, they gave up game one. Hard. Right, they absolutely. They gave up game one with things that didn't have anything to do with pitching or hitting. Oh, jeez, yeah. Very good. That was fun. Yeah, interesting stuff that happened in the past week. All right, coming up next here, a, a really pretty exclusive invitation to Utah State basketball player Sam Merrill to participate in an elite camp for guards. We'll explain what it is, and who some of the other outstanding players have been able to participate, what that means for him and for the Utah State Aggies. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Aj Salveson, Full Court Press rolling on. Uh, as a reminder, Team USA, U.S. Women's National Team beat England today 2-1. to one. Uh, The video assist replay uh, overturned a goal because England was offsides. They weren't. Uh, either you are offsides or you're not. There's no almost offsides or almost... Yeah, she wasn't. She timed it perfectly. I don't know. They say that she was. Well, they say that she was, but she wasn't. Like, I'm telling you, the video like, replay you slowed went, it down no, frame by frame. No, and you know frame. what? And it was still the wrong call. It was still the wrong call. She timed it perfectly. The lead pass was there. She wasn't in front of anybody. You have to be clearly in front of the defender or the defense. And she wasn't. Look, I'm happy for the U.S. to move on to the championship. It's wonderful. It's great. Congratulations. They've been getting a lot of calls, though. Well, look, the... the uh, it's rigged. Well, I don't know about that because VAR was used against Team USA and which gave Team uh, England a chance for a penalty kick. But... Great. They picked the they worst were unable kicker to, to connect, go out there like, and go kick it. Like they've been unable to connect. She five-year-old kicked that thing. <laughs> it was a dribbler. It was a dribbler, man. Five-year-old kicked <laughs> Hey, a really exclusive opportunity has been extended for Sam Merrill, the great point guard for Utah State, who was the Mountain West Tournament MVP. He was a Mountain West Player of the Year, and he led the Aggies in the regular season and in the conference tournament 
um, with what he was able to do in points per game and how he was able to lead his team. And now he's been invited to participate in the CP3 Elite Guard Camp. It's coming up later this month in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, it's the it's 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 basically a three day training camp with Chris Paul and uh, a few other uh, NBA professionals, and they invite the top thirty high school point guards in the country and the top fifteen point guards in college. So it, it's not a very big group. It's a pretty exclusive company. Yeah, it's pretty cool for Samuel to be on that list. We shouldn't be surprised. You know, his defensive work on on one side of the court to his offensive off-ball work to be able to get the ball and and uh, and convert it into a bucket is is really awesome because to play two ways, both ways on the court, and be productive both ways, I mean, I can count on one hand how many NBA players can do that right now. And Sam does that in the Division One level. And it, it really is something to watch. Like, when for kids who are listening to this show... I want you, when you go watch a Utah State Aggie basketball game, go watch Sam Merrill off the ball. Watch how many things he's doing without the ball. Great point. And then when he's on the other side of the court, watch how he plays defense. Watch how he doesn't exhaust himself to the to where he's running out of complete breath on one end to be able to then go to the other side and continue to make, you know, to be able to have an impact offensively whether he has the ball in his hands or not. And that's how you become a good quality, good, uh, good quality, good, a good quality basketball player is, is what he does. Sam Merrill is the epitome of a, of a quality basketball player, and that's why he's been invited to this camp. Just to give you a slice of some of the other people who have been invited to this camp. Yeah. You might recognize some of these names. Steph Curry, Victor Oladipo, CJ McCollum, Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker. So this year marks the 10th anniversary, uh, the 10th year that Chris Paul has put this thing on. But, yeah, a great opportunity to play with and uh, against some of the, the top guards in the country to continue to refine his craft, learn from them, learn from NBA professionals, and become a better player on the court and off the court, a better leader. So... Uh, getting Namiyash Keta invited to the NBA Combine and having him uh, giving him an opportunity to kind of test the NBA waters, great for him and his personal development as a player. Yep. And this is something similar, I, I think, for Sam Merrill to be able to compete against and work out with the best in the college game at his position and learn how to be an even better player for the Utah State Aggies. Great recognition for Sam to be invited to that. Yeah, and and again, it's 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 well earned and it's well deserved, and um, he'll learn a lot of good things there. Uh, it, it is a learning camp, it's a teaching camp, so he'll learn a lot and be able to apply those things coming back to get him to get himself ready for the 2019-2020 season. Uh, man, you you get excited. What are we? What thirty sixty days? I think right away from college football season opener for us. At yeah, a little Ford's, under sixty days. A little under sixty days. Um, and when we'll get you ready for it. I mean, we'll 
We'll get the Wake Forest, you know, uh, detail from Wake Forest side, you know, play by play, uh, beat riders. We'll, we'll get the detail on who Wake Forest is this year. But I mean, it's I can't wait. I mean, it's 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 kind of sad and boring not having college sports around right now. <laughs> kind of missing it. Absolutely. Uh, hey, well, I get, let me ask you a question really quickly. Yeah. Uh, when all is said and done, of course, this is Sam's final seat or you know, final year at Utah State. Where are you going to put Sam on the list of all-time greats in basketball, in USU basketball history? Ooh, man. Uh, well, he's on a trajectory to be on the Mount Rushmore of Utah State basketball. Um, I mean, fifth most in Utah State in a single season in, in points last year. Um he shares the ball. Uh, he has the high assist ratio points. Um, oh man, he, and he's been there a long time. He's going to play his his full career at USU. He's he's climbing the list. Is he? Who else would be on there? I think you have to look. Obviously, Wayne Estes is up there. J.C. Carroll is up there. Spencer Nelson. I think you have to put Nate Harris. Yes or no. I think that I think that uh, Sam Merrill, if he continues on his current trajectory, he will be ahead of Nate Harris. Tony Brown, yes or no? Yes. Tyler Newbold, yes or no? Yes. See, now your list is getting full, so someone's going to get bumped off here. I, well, I, no, I, I'm saying yes as in he is ahead of those guys. Oh, oh okay. Oh, really? Is he ahead of Nate Harris? Uh, he will be. Is he ahead if of he Tony Brown? If he keeps going the way he's been going, will he be ahead of Tony Brown? Yes. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Tony Brown did something that no other Aggie in the modern era has done. Win you an NCAA tournament basketball game. And unless Sam can do that for you, no. Namish Keda? No. No, Keda's not there yet. No. Wow, wait, wait. You make it seem like Keda's a little bit further down the list than, than one would think. Well, Keta he's only had a freshman season. So. Yeah, but Keta set records as a freshman. Yeah, he did. Sure. Ah. But is he up there with those other guys? I mean, yes. those guys were lifers ah. at Utah State that did a lot of great things for more than just one year. Wait, 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 wait. Don't, no, 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 no. You, you cannot blame Keta's chance to go play in the NBA on the I'm fact not, that he can be on that list. No, I'm not blaming anything. Because Gary and Spencer were not invited going to be NBA players. In the NBA. Keta is an NBA guy. So, yes, absolutely. I so totally agree with that. I would put Keta ahead of those two based on the fact that he is he's setting records in you a short You put Keta span. ahead of Spencer Nelson and Nate Harris for all-time Aggie greats. Oh, yeah. I put him ahead of Nate Harris, not Spencer Nilton. After just one year. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Gary Wilkinson, yes or no? If Would you put Keta ahead of him? Oh, this could get fun. We got to go, though. We got to go to break. I'm sorry. Let's get out of here. I, I just, the last thing on that is I, when you pose the question, Aggie, great, I think you have to look at what's their full body of work and what did they do for the team overall? Keta was bigger for the team than Nate Harris was for the team. Whoa. I wow. can't believe I just said that on there. Wow. Oh, man, I'm going to. Oh. I don't know about that. Whew. I got to. We might need to go to break before wow. I say anything else. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs>
I'm sticking with it, though. I am going to stick with it. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Some final thoughts <laughs> as we try to collect our breath and figure out how do we move forward after that. Coming up next on Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. So J.C. Carroll is just the fourth Aggie in the history of the program to score more than 2,000 career points. Well, he could become. Wait, who did you clarify say? that? He already has 1,568 career points. Who'd you say? Sam Merrill. You said J.C. Carroll. Did I say J.C. Carroll? <laughs> Sam Merrill, sorry. Sam Merrill. And he, if he... Scores more than what, four hundred and thirty-two points. Uh, he will be just the fourth Aggie ever to score more than two thousand career points. Wow! So, Good night. Got to put him up there pretty high. <laughs> oh man, that's incredible! <laughs> oh jeez. So again, he's going to this elite uh, CP3 elite guard camp. It's July eighteenth through the twenty-first. It's a three-day camp uh, just for guards. Uh, 15 of the top point guards in the country in college basketball go there. 30 of the top uh, high school players go there. Uh, we've had a, a local player attend that in the past. Uh, Jackson, Jackson Brenchley. Yep. I wrote an article on that too. Posted on cashfriedaily.com. That was years ago. You can't find it anymore. <laughs> it's somewhere out there. <laughs> in limbo mode. Uh, also, there's some... I don't know if, how much we how much stock you put into this, but there's some people floating this idea that Kawhi Leonard may make his announcement uh, within the next five to ten minutes about where where he's he's going to go. Uh, That's crazy. I don't know that I buy that, but we'll wait and see. So uh, the the drama of the NBA free agency could end today. So within the first forty eight hours. <laughs> Everything surrounding the NBA free agency will have been really decided in a period that was supposed to last a, a, about a full week. <laughs> it was all done within 48 hours. Maybe, mm. maybe not. We'll find out. We'll update Headline. you tomorrow on the I'm show. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Years from now, we may look back on NBA free agency in 2019 and say the first 24 hours changed the course of the league. But I'm not sure that's exactly true. There was an enormous transfer of talent. The championship race is now wide open, yet somehow this is starting to feel familiar. NBA players are very comfortable controlling their own destiny. Part of this goes back to LeBron James signing with the Heat in 2010. He set the tone, not only by choosing the team, but by totally controlling the narrative. At the time, we criticized LeBron for how he did it. Dumping his hometown team on TV wasn't ideal, but it sent a message to other young players. Now they're writing their own story, the story of their careers. Kevin Durant wants to play with his friend Kyrie in Brooklyn. That's no surprise in today's NBA. Free agency might feel wild when stories are breaking, but players seem to know exactly what they're doing in what has been a historic free agency period. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.